What's going on, everybody? This is George Khalife. It's episode 29 of Let's Grab Coffee. I'm here with a good friend, Case Kenny, who's the founder, editor-in-chief of Pursuit. Uh, it's the top daily email for millennials specifically, but it's all about personal development, self-development, and it's no bullshit. I love the content. You should check it out on Instagram. Uh, Case is also the host of a podcast that's on iTunes, Top 50. It's called You Mindset, Who Dis? So Case is all about entrepreneurship, but at the same time, self-development, balancing with life, fitness, career goals, and really planning to leave a legacy, living with purpose. Case, I appreciate you doing this, buddy. Yeah, man. Appreciate you having me on. I'm excited to chat, grab a little virtual, virtual <laughs> coffee. Let's do it. I do not have a coffee, man. I was yeah. done with a coffee by 4 p.m., you know? Nothing. Ah, true, true. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us a bit about yourself, man. What's uh, What's been popping? Who's Case Kenny? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm 30. I live in Chicago. Uh, you know, I, I do a lot of different things. Like I'd consider myself an entrepreneur. I'd consider myself a content creator. I think most of all, I consider myself a writer. Um, that's kind of led to all these the application of, the, of those skills to to businesses, to, to revenue generating things. But uh, it's taught me a lot about myself along the way like I create these businesses and then realize a lot about my audience a lot about myself so like I'm really fulfilled with what I do to be honest to be able to be an entrepreneur that makes money but to also be able to you know create something that not only connects with a intended audience but yourself aka me case Kenny in this in this instance so yes I mean you know entrepreneur writer influencer I hate that word but like they're all kind of crammed into the same thing I think that's like ideal for me. I think a lot of people are, you know, entrepreneurs or they own companies, but it doesn't really offer that fulfillment and that that self-discovery. So I'm I'm pretty happy with what I've got going on now, to be honest. Love it, man. And, and you talk a bit about self-awareness, right? That journey to kind of finding yourself. Yeah. What was it like for you and how did you actually get to that endpoint? Yeah. I mean, I think entrepreneurship or just anything in general, I think self-awareness is one of the most important characteristics that you can have that you can develop uh i think for me how to your question how did how does it come about i mean honestly like i've always just been a writer um and that's what led me to create pursuit which we can talk about but at the same time like being able being able to you know write you know forcing yourself to write i write probably i don't know twenty thousand words a week at this point like just the pure frequency of that practice and then it's awesome because that that is my business too. I make money from that uh, in the form of pursuit and the podcast. Like it all goes hand in hand. So I can write and write and write. That's my business. And at the same time, the more I write, the more I force myself to think, ask questions, conjure up perspectives. Like that's what forces me to be more self-aware. And then, you know, just meeting people. I think meeting people is like the biggest thing. Like I used to host another podcast. We've done 200 episodes that was guest driven. Um, I've interviewed probably thousands of people for pursuit at this point. Like my networking and Rolodex is huge. And like that's played a part in it as well. So it's, it's all full circle. Interesting. So let's talk a little bit about pursuit. Let's talk yeah. a bit about, you know, I think a lot of people want to get into content creation game. Um, I think there's a lot of voices right now speaking about motivation, inspiration. Yeah. What was what was that value prop for you, and how did you make pursuit different? You know, when when a lot of content is saturated right now on social media. 
Yeah. Yeah. So a bit of a lengthy story. I mean, I started Pursuit like four years ago. I started as a blog, as did everyone else. Nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, Pursuit.com. I had an open contribution system. I had at some point like over 600 contributors. We had Gary Vaynerchuk, Mark Manson, James Altucher, big name bloggers contributing. It was great. We had original content, curated content and everything in between. And I think, you know, what I realized that was great and fulfilling from that perspective. But what I realized after doing that for a while is the fact that <laughs> blogging is like building your house on a rented land. You never know when someone's going to take it away. Uh, and it's, it's, yeah, I don't want to talk about digital marketing necessarily, but it's tough to make money uh, as a, as a blogger, you really need to figure out something else. So I took a big hard look at what I was doing with pursuit uh, around this time last year, honestly. So like three years in, and I was like, what am I doing? Is this a hobby? Is this a business? At the time it was a hobby. It was, trickling revenue. I was doing very little. And I was like, well, what, what can I do to take back hold of what I'm doing? How can I actually build this into something that I control the fate of? And then I, at the same time, I kind of looked around and looked at a lot of the other um, content creators and media companies. And you look at folks like The Skim, The Hustle, New York Times, people that have uh, you know, large audiences that are, that are distributed via email. So I was like, email, email is interesting. I had a small email list, maybe 15,000 or something like that. I was like, how, how can I leverage that? And honestly, it was that simple. I was like, I'm going to switch everything. I'm going to focus on content delivered via email. It's my land. It's not rented land. I own the distribution. People can unsubscribe. That's fine. But as long as I give them value, they're more likely not to. No algorithm, no Facebook algorithm, Google algorithm, anything like that's going to take it away from me. So I decided just to stick with email, do it via email. Um, and the, the, I mean, revenue has been uh, like a thousand percent up since last year, um, just because it's a very marketable thing for brands. It, it provides a lot of ROI. And then at the same time, I found it much easier to control the voice of pursuit to, to drive out a nice niche when it comes to creating no bullshit content. Um, and there's a lot more in there. I'm happy to answer anything specific, but that was, that was kind of the course, honestly, switching, making that decision and pivoting uh, mm -hmm. around this time last year. Well, I, I guess maybe the first question is because a lot of people I think will either focus in the beginning on rev, like revenue, let's actually make this into a tangible business or let's build sort of traction, an audience, a user base, whatever it is for you. Uh, and then we can kind of turn over. What advice would you give in that predicament looking back? Like, would you have started with a sort of monetization plan? Um, no, honestly, I think I did it the right way. I, I don't think you should focus on monetization right off the bat, unless you're a seasoned entrepreneur who, you know, you want to put together something scalable that you can either turn over for profit or, or whatever. I think if you're looking to be a content creator that's looking to make money, eventually you, you have to build a core audience first. You have to figure out how to do that. And then you think about a monetization strategy, which I did. I just think I took probably spent a little bit too long on the blog aspect. I probably should have been a little bit more real with myself sooner instead of three years, maybe two years. Um, but it was easy. Once I made that decision and I pivoted, I had an audience built up. I had a hundred thousand followers on Instagram, whatever that pivot to email was easy. Was like, Hey, everyone, we're doing it via email now. End of story. And it was much easier to scale that. Because you already had the user base, getting them on a different platform, but also providing that value was a little easier. Yeah, exactly. For, for some people, I think the, the question is, is, and I, I don't want to contextualize this on only followership, but I think it is important, especially if you're trying to you know, start a blog, a podcast, et cetera. What kind of advice, like if you were to break it down into three or five you know, bullet points, what would be the biggest pieces of advice for people looking to grow that followership on social? 
on social. Oh man, it's tough. Like Instagram just for this example. Instagram? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, like Pursuit, for example, it's an Instagram account. I have 144,000 followers, I think. I, I'll be real with you. I don't think there's a ton of value there. I do quotes that is commoditized. It is diluted. It, there's no personality to it. I started it three years ago when not too many people were doing it. And now everyone has a quote account. So there's nothing special there. So I'm not going to stop doing it just because I have the audience, but I wouldn't start with that now. So my advice, but then I have my own personal Instagram account at case.kenny. I have 16,000 followers and there's not a quote in sight. Uh, so I think not to be cliche, but it has to be driven by a personality. You cannot do a quote account. You can't do pictures of cars. It has to be driven by yourself, something that you bring to the table. Um, video is huge. I personally haven't found a great way to do too much video. I like to really bring myself to light via, via audio. But I think if you're looking to build on social, it, it has to be personality driven. Um, and I think at the same time, like you have to, to check your ego a little bit. You yeah. know, everyone wants to have 100,000 followers, but I can look at any anyone's account and within 10 seconds tell you if they have influence or not they right. have numbers but not influence i want influence i don't give a, a flying f about numbers i want influence you can look at my account sixteen thousand followers that's nothing but i'll get 100 200 comments of people actually engaging with what i have to say i'll take that any day over some hot instagram fitness model girl who has a million followers but get 20 comments of people going you look amazing like there's no value there so i think you really have to wrap your head around what you're doing why you're doing it and then outside of that i mean there's there's things like yeah you got to post more you got to engage with comments you got to engage with people who follow you and, and dms and all all that kind of stuff but at the end of the day i think it's about going into it knowing why you're doing it and then knowing the fact that you have to bring yourself forward, you can't hide behind memes or anything like that. I think all these meme accounts are funny. And I love I loved to look at meme accounts. Well, I think it's funny uh, personally. But anytime you see someone with a meme account try to, to, to sell something or try to do something that is influential, you look at their accounts and no one cares. Because no one knows who you are. No one cares what you, knows what you stand for. You're just a meme account. <laughs> so I think, uh, yeah, it's all per, be personality driven. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like, I think personal is important. And also being genuine. I think you'd agree with this. Like, yep, of course. Why you, you call it no bullshit content. But like, yeah. you really have to be yourself and not try to emulate someone else who you think is, is cool in, in, in that area. Yeah, yeah. It's being genuine and being vulnerable. Like, I think that, that plays like my podcast for example new mindset who dis like mm -hmm. te technically like people look to me as like someone who has their life figured out who has answered who's like a younger tony robbins like honestly my dm is just full of people asking me for advice on things which is great it's humbling it's awesome but if you listen to the podcast i say pretty much every episode that i don't have the answer i don't know everything i'm not a guru i'm not a life coach i'm not an expert i'm going to give you my perspective on one thing which is rather limited and you could take it or leave it and i think that plays like people like that because people are tired of being lectured to i think gen z millennials were a little bit cynical because we read all the same things online self-development self-help is so commoditized it's the same thing over and over again you have to find a way to be a little bit original and if being original just means means being more vulnerable i think that's a win so uh, across the board yeah to go back to your original question yeah being genuine being vulnerable is a huge win
And for you, like when, when you're when you're sort of talking about those vulnerabilities, what would you say has been sort of a challenge uh, coming up to now? To be vulnerable. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's tough because it's a tough balance. Like social proof, and you know, you have to give a, people a reason to listen to you, right? Or to buy from you, right? Like people buy from an expert because they're an expert. People buy from you because you made a million dollars and you can show them how to make a million dollars. But if you go into something and you're like, hey, I don't know the answer completely or I don't know everything, like you're discrediting yourself a little bit. So you have to find the right balance. To me, I'm not selling anything to anyone. I make money through sponsorships and brands and potentially selling my own products way down the line. But right now, I don't do that. So uh, it plays for me to be able to do that because brands don't brands don't care. But if I tell someone on my podcast that I really like something, they're they're likely to listen to me just because I I'm I'm real in that respect. Whereas I think a lot of people don't really bring that value to the table. So yeah, it's it's definitely not easy. You have to find the right balance. You don't want to be overly emotional or vulnerable or, or too real. You have to you have to brand yourself. And branding isn't always the most transparent exercise in the world. It should be. But if, if you're trying to stand out and create something for yourself, you, you have to be strategic about it. And sometimes that means highlighting certain areas and not disclosing certain other areas, to be honest. It's very true. It's very true. And it's a difficult thing. And I think maybe that's something we can talk about, like in terms of personal branding, right? And I think you're doing a great job on IG and, and different sort of platforms. How, how would you approach a personal branding for one? And then two, for someone who hasn't really started or even hasn't even thought about it, how would you explain it to them to actually start uh, yeah, I mean, it's a good question. Like, so pursuit, um, you know, many people might not know what pursuit is. It's not huge. I have 120, 127,000 daily subscribers on it. For an email list, that's pretty healthy. It's pretty large. Like it makes great money from a revenue standpoint, but it's small. I didn't bring Case Kenny, the brand forward until this time last year. So three, I took, I waited three years to create a personal brand. My reasoning behind it was I have no right I had no, I had a, I had, I'll say, I had no right to bring myself forward to start telling people what to do until I had created something of my own. Like, if I'm going to brand myself as a successful writer, entrepreneur, self development person, I better have done all three of those things. And I hadn't. So I needed to build Pursuit, which now I've done. I need to build a podcast, build my, myself, and all that kind of thing. I needed to do that. So I waited until I had done that. I just, I see so many people that are like, oh, I want to create a personal brand. I'm like, oh, tell me about yourself. And I'm like, oh, I'm 22. I want to consult and be a, a brand strategist. I'm like, that's, that's amazing. Tell me about some of the brands that you've, you've strategized for. And they're like, oh, I haven't. I'm like, okay, no worries. Like, go get some experience. But then they, they want to create a brand around themselves before they have anything. You could certainly create a, a personal brand around the journey to becoming a, a, a successful brand strategist or whatever, but you have to disclose that. I just see so many people wanting to create a successful image when they haven't had that experience. Uh, and that's totally cool. There's no judgment there, but I think if you really want to be impactful, you should wait until you have something to say. I waited four years to start my podcast because I didn't think I had enough life experience to really reflect on. I just turned 30. I think my 20s taught me a lot about a variety of topics. And now I have the right to, to offer that perspective um, as a leader, as a thought leader, as an influencer, whatever. But I think patience, patience is key. And then back to what we originally said, vulnerability, genuine authenticity on top of it. Yeah, it's very true. One thing I'll add to that case that I think is, is important is 
um, I think I made this kind of slight pivot too, instead of, because I'm also relatively young, right? Like I'm 25 and I understand the sort of backlash that you can get when you're a young entrepreneur. Yep. And what I, what I was doing is instead of me telling you what to do, I was just documenting. That's what I was doing a lot of. I'm like, look, this is an experience. This is a lesson. If you look at my articles, literally every, almost every title is lessons from, you know, 20 episodes of my podcast, or here's how to create a podcast. Cause I already done, I've done one. Right. And instead of like kind of being pushy in that respect, just document and share your experience. And those who want to drive value from your lessons will do so. Totally, man. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. I, I definitely don't mean to say that, oh, you that you have to wait until you're 30 to create a personal right. brand. Not at all. I mean, Gary V pounds at home all day. The fact that, you know, document don't create. So thank you for saying that. I think that's that's right on. That should be that should be your strategy. Like to me, I could have started my personal brand four years ago, but I wanted to have some some oomph to it, you know? So I was fine being a background guy. Not everyone wants that. Some people want to bring themselves forward immediately. And I say, go for it. Kudos to you. And if you're going to do that as you're building, just document. So yeah, I couldn't agree, man. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. So, um, so you're 30 now, right? And I remember I watched one of your podcasts and you were saying like now what matters to me is, is everything I do just kind of uh, enlarge it, you know, whether it's so travel more, you know, connect with more people, whether it's wealth, like ex expanding that and being of influence, whether it's uh, from a resource perspective or, or from a, yeah. you know, from an influencer perspective. And um, it, is that still your mindset? And if so, you know, what are some of the things you're focusing on uh, going into? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is because my whole tagline for pursuit is perspective that inspires. And that's what we offer. But when I think about myself personally, as a 30 year old, whatever, mm -hmm. uh, perspective is everything. Perspective is what teaches you about yourself. It teaches what you want in the world. It teaches you where you belong, what you should be doing, how you should be doing it, everything. And the only way to get pure perspective, I've determined, is to live it. You can get decent amount of perspective from reading, from watching YouTube, from talking to other people. But the only way you're going to get perspective that really teaches you something is to experience it. That's firsthand. That's seeing it. That's touching it. That's feeling it. That's whatever. So like, yeah. So to your point, it is I am in the pursuit of more, more perspective. Um, just because like I, I think my podcast was designed to help people minimize regret so that you don't turn 60 or 70, look back and be like, I could have done more. And you would have done more if you had more perspective. So everything that I do, whether it's my business or just my personal life, like I just, I want to challenge myself. I want to push myself. I want to be uncomfortable. And because all those things offer more perspective. So I'm like really adamant about it, but it is quite the contrast. Like I look at myself, how I was in my early twenties and I wasn't like that at all. I was very content. I was very fine, just living and fitting a mold and seeing what came next. And now I'm like very aggressive in regards to getting what I want, because I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting more. I really don't. I think a lot of people hear that. I'm like, Oh, that sounds selfish. That sounds greedy. That sounds over the top. And sure. Maybe if we're talking about material things, but even there, I think it's, I love watches. I, I, I collect them and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Uh, so it's the same concept. I, I think there's just something to this mentality of being lean forward and not lean back. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, and someone, if you guys want to check this out, uh, Grant Cardone really kind of speaks about this. Yeah. I think you're, you're right. Most of the mentality is no, like that's not right. And I understand the holistic approach, but Grant's like, dude, whatever your number is, like take a number that you think that you want to sort of achieve before retirement and then just multiply it by 10. And yeah. that's the number you should be gunning for. Yep. Um, so anyways, it's an interesting perspective. Yeah. Um, yep. and so, so, so what things do you do on the side? Like, yes, you know, you obviously have a lot to run during the day. How do you keep yourself composed and balanced? What, what are some things you do? 
Yeah. So actually, so there's, there's more to my story. So I actually, still, I still work a, a full nine to five in Chicago. It's not really a nine to five in that I've been with this company for a long, long time. Uh, I'm one of the like senior sales leaders at this company. It's an advertising technology company. I've been there for a long time. Um, I have a very specific reason why I'm there and what we're doing. So technically my business, everything I do on the uh, with pursuit and the podcast and my consulting, it's technically on the side. So I awesome. live an interesting balance between work, work and not work and being an entrepreneur and being an employee. So it is an interesting balance for sure. Um, but like I talk about it all the time, like I can go to work and work from nine until six and then come home and do all my pursuit stuff, still work out, still watch some Netflix, still eat right, still call my mom, still do everything that a normal person does and still get a great, you know, uh, sleep. I think yeah, I'd, I've just found a way to do it. I don't have a great answer. It's just like my my passion for writing is so intrinsically tied to my business that it's not really a, a job. Like I'm going to write regardless. And the fact that I have figured out a way how to make money from it and have an audience and have distribution, I kudos to me, but like it's it's just, it's worked. I found a way to do it. So I never really need to like take a rest. Like on uh, Saturdays, I'll take Saturdays pretty much completely off. I don't write. I don't do anything business related. But other than that, like I just it just makes sense. Like I'll write for two hours every day, hit the gym, and and everything in between. Like I I just find that that balance. It just it's just there for me because it's my natural tendency to write. I'm going to do that anyway. It's not work. Yeah, I mean it's more like a, it really is. I mean this is the definition of a passion. By the way, this yeah. is kind of why I do my podcast because I really love it. Like you know, and if you make revenue on the side, amazing. Right. If you can monetize, great. But I don't think that's what gets you up at night or sorry, what gets you up in the morning keeps you up at night because of this. Yep. You can agree to that. Yeah. Um, if you're looking for the next, like, you know, the next five years, wh- where do you sort of see yourself, dude? Like, what do you, what do you envision that, that you're going to be doing? Yeah, good question. Um, I mean, so I'd have, I, I, five years, I won't be at this company anymore. And there's a, I have a specific timeline in mind and why I'm there. Uh, but I mean, like I said, I'm a, I'm a writer, like, um, I'm going to be coming out with a book. That's fine. That's great. But really, it's it's going to be focused on just more creating, more honing that craft. Pursuit will be big. Um, I'm in the, the middle of uh, of a, a round, a raise for capital. Um, and, you know, I've been pretty strategic about, uh, you know, why, why I focus my energy on email. I think there's just so much there. I think it's a really it's a great space to be in as a media company. So in five years, I, I don't think I'll be doing pursuit anymore necessarily. Definitely an entrepreneur. I definitely, you know, would look to sell it at some point, but writing and the pod, the podcast, I love the podcast, man. Podcast is so fun. Wow. It's just so easy to do. And I think like people are gravitating towards podcasts, mm-hmm. uh, more and more people. Uh, and it's, it's, it's weird. Like I don't listen to that many podcasts and I, I really should, do it more often uh but like everyone listens to the podcast nowadays which is really exciting and for myself and for you to be in in that in that field like it's great so i'll still be podcasting in five years for sure but whatever i'll be doing in five years i mean uh you know it'll 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 be around content creation of some kind but like i've i've done a lot of different things i was very fortunate to like do really well in crypto in the past two years for example so like i have the ability to do different things which is great um so it's, it's, I, you know, I'm spontaneous. I, I like to be uncomfortable, but, uh, you know, it's all going to center around this idea of, of some, I'm always going to be a content creator. I like that, man. Always a content creator. Um, 
maybe a final question for you, dude, and this is for the audience, but you know, one sort of home run advice for the aspiring entrepreneur, someone or, or who wants to be a future leader. Like what's that one piece of advice that, that you want to give? Ooh, that's good. Um, I mean, I, I would, I'll, I'll do two. Cause the first one would be to find more, to push yourself for more experiences because we just, we just mentioned that. I think that's, that's my biggest advice for anyone and anything. I think other than that, as a, a aspiring creator, entrepreneur, or just person who's looking to push yourself because those are all intertwined. I did an episode today actually that I released on Mel Robbins five second rule. I've always called it case Kenny's 30 second rule. I never realized there was a five second rule, which is basically if you have an idea pop in your head, you should act on it in some way within five seconds or 30 seconds. And I think as an entrepreneur, you should a hundred percent do so. And I'm not talking about, Oh, you have an idea for an app. You shouldn't hire an app developer you should know you should sit down and write down something that was in your head just taking action is the biggest thing i talked to so many people who are like oh man i'd love to be a blogger i'd love to start my own podcast case it's so cool what you're doing i'd love to and i'm like okay what's the problem I'm like oh i just don't know how to start i'm like okay well have you written anything down well no it's all i was like well okay the first step would just be to literally write down anything it doesn't have to be a monumental step forward so like that's one thing and the same thing for like anything personal development wise it's about just being a little bit impulsive. Like I do, I tell funny stories all the time on the podcast about how I embarrass myself with like girls at the club or just saying things in meetings. And that's just because I really push myself to be impulsive because I find that one, it, it makes, it grows thick skin. It helps you be uncomfortable, but two, it just teaches yourself that there's all this great reactions, ideas, things that exist in your head, you just have, you have to listen to them and you have to act on them. And that's, that's what makes the most successful entrepreneurs. I know not eight, nine figure entrepreneurs are people that when they get an idea, they'll act on it. They might seem like a crazy person. They'll like ignore me and all of a sudden walk away from me because they have an idea, but like, that's what you should be doing. And I think the same thing applies to just developing yourself personally, developing your self-esteem, your confidence, your interpersonal skills, whatever it is. It's just about taking what's in your head and spitting it out of your mouth or making it drive you forward physically. Love it. Okay, Scotty. This is episode 28 of Let's Grab Coffee. I'm going to link all the stuff below, uh, links to Pursuit, links to your podcast. Hopefully when the book comes out, we'll uh, we'll share it out, maybe have you on the podcast again to talk about it. Uh, appreciate your time, dude. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. All right, brother. We'll be connected. Cool. Cheers, guys.